0: I think often, like I'll see a patient post op in the examination room and I'll go, wow, you know, we really fixed that asymmetry. And, you know, it's a well known plastic surgery saying, nothing, nothing ruins a good result than, a, you know, a long term photo follower.
1: Hey, Revam, my name's Kate and welcome back to Keeping It Real, the podcast tackling things when they go awry. We know everybody's a little asymmetrical. It's the beauty of being human. So we're not talking the little stuff today. We're talking about what it means in the world of plastic surgery, from women who have hugely disproportionate breasts to how often we perform surgery on just one side and how few women actually realise they have any asymmetry until they're looking at those clinical photos dead on. But importantly... A version of this interview is up on YouTube, so if you want to watch us while we talk asymmetry, head on over to our YouTube page, which will be linked in the show notes, and don't forget to give us five stars wherever you're listening to your podcast. Apparently, it helps people find where we are. So I wanted to talk to you about asymmetry. What we're talking about with, uh, in terms of what we do at Re, is people coming in and they might have quite noticeable difference in their breasts. Again, I think most women have asymmetrical breasts Mm. to a degree, but maybe it's so small that only they notice it and no one else does. What's been your experience with women coming in with asymmetrical breasts?
0: Well, actually, interestingly, often they don't notice it themselves. Uh, So I've had many patients who, who come in and I examine them and then we look at their photos together And one side is clearly bigger than the other and we both look at the photos and that's the first time they've noticed it or their nipples are at different heights or they've got more droopiness on one side compared to the other.
1: And do they notice it when they see the photo or is it you saying like, oh, as we can obviously see and then they go, oh, yeah.
0: A bit of both. Um, And I think photos actually are sometimes more revealing than even real life because sometimes I will have just examined someone And I'll examine their breasts and sort of they look similar. Uh, But then when you're looking at a photo Mm. and that's all you're looking at, you go, whoa, like you you obviously notice that your left breast is (laughs) – and it's not necessarily even something that I've picked up. Mm -hmm. So it can be quite subtle, but it is quite significant. Um, But it's important to notice it because no matter what you do – With surgery, there 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 has to be some persistent degree of asymmetry, and as you're saying, like it's very very normal. And I often say to patients, um, having asymmetry is actually normal because that's probably ninety percent of women, um, and actually being identical is abnormal because that's only the
1: ten percent. Yeah, 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 and the photoshopped percent. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So do people ever come in and they just want one breast done?
0: Yeah, so sometimes, um, and it can be a congenital deformity, so mm. uh, the most common is tuberous breasts, and we've, we've spoken a lot about tuberous breast. So sometimes t- tuberous breast can just be unilateral. Right. And so they've got quite a significantly underdeveloped breast on one side, mm. and the left breast often is quite droopy for some reason, so it's not a totally normal breast, but that's the usually the breast that they prefer. Right um although not always sometimes sort of the underdeveloped breast is the breast they prefer prefer and then you do a reduction on the bigger side yeah. but sometimes it's the other way but but often you you have to do um a lift with an implant and then an implant on the other side to match it
1: right right, right. so if they're congenital is it does it always kind of hit at puberty
0: well, that's when you would notice it, right. so before that, and there's no breast development. Yeah. So so the tuberous, def- uh, tuberous breast deformity is where uh, one part of the breast doesn't expand. So it's also called a constricted breast. Mm-hmm. And so whatever is the lining that, that the breast I- expands into, that's particularly tight. Oh. Um, and... Uh, it it the, the, it's graded so it's usually the most common area is this part so the medial inferior quadrant and then the next level up is where it's the entire lower pole right um so you're not going to notice it until puberty because the breast hasn't developed so it's it, there's nothing to expand okay. um, but that just part doesn't expand and then often what happens is the upper part over expands and so you get this sort of almost snoopy dog appearance and also herniation of that breast tissue which is still there into the areola so you get what's called areola herniation
1: have you noticed more people will get come in for like a reduction or an implant for one side or is it kind of just like any breast surgery you do you'll do all like it's yeah. like an equal spread for asymmetry.
0: no I, th- I that's a great question i think the most common way of dealing with an asymmetry is is when it's a reduction right. so generally when there's minor asymmetries um an implant will camouflage the asymmetry so i i mean there are some surgeons who regularly use different size implants i would say I rarely use different size implants and the reason is is at the end of the day by the time you put an implant in and I, see, I need to use simple um, volumes to make it clear but if you're starting out and one side let's say is 100 grams mm-hmm. before any surgery one side's 50 so one's double the other then you put in a 500 cc implant and one's 600 and one's 550 and so the percentage difference is minute and so when by the time you then if you tried to do a different size implant you're just as likely to overdo it and then that small size becomes bigger so I think you know some people try and overthink it a little bit Mm -hmm. Um, but so when you're doing an implant kind of the implant camouflages the asymmetry but the but when we're dealing with patients who come in for a reduction, that's usually much more of an asymmetry, right. either a nipple position or volume, and then we're treating it with a reduction.
1: Have you ever had where you've had to do a nipple graft on one breast and not the other? Or is that pretty simultaneous?
0: Very good question.
1: <laughs> Have we talked about this? No. Oh,
0: so I had a patient just recently, oh, okay. and she had had a breast cancer on one side – Uh, and it had been treated with a lumpectomy and radiotherapy. So that's really risky for doing a pedicled breast reduction where the nipples, we keep it alive on the pedicle. And so I said to her, look, uh, I think the safest thing for your nipple is that we just do it as a graft. And given that we're doing, we have to do a graft, and it was her left side, we have to do a graft on the left side, I think to get the best symmetry, I'm just going to do the same operation on the right. So I'll do a graft on the right, even though a pedicle probably would have worked. Mm -hmm. But when you do a pedicled uh, breast reduction, which is most common, um, you're you're moving some of that pedicle back into the breast, which gives it shape. So that would add volume into that breast. But then the other side, which didn't have that, that would then be losing that volume. Mm -hmm. And then the areolas would maybe look a bit different as well. So I just said to her, look, Let's just do the same operation on both sides and we we're limited by the side that it had radiotherapy. Yeah, okay. There you nice. go.
1: Wow, I'm in there. Anecdote. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> um, we've also often talked about the difficulties of doing a breast lift and a breast augmentation simultaneously. It's a pretty um, strict criteria to do that. If somebody needed an implant in one side but the other side they needed a lift before they could get an implant mm-hmm. to kind of get the same result. Yeah. Would you do both surgeries at once?
0: So um, it, it definitely adds a degree of complexity because on one side you're just dealing with a volume issue and on the other side you're dealing with a volume issue, uh, a vertical issue because the, the nipple uh, is too low uh, and then also reducing that side to so you can get the right shape, which we do as part of any sort of lift. Um, and so it does make it a little – because on one side you're dealing with sort of three different moving parts and one side just one. Yeah. So it makes it more complex. But as to whether I do them simultaneously, it, it still comes down to the same criteria as whether I'll do a lift and augmentation simultaneously. Um, and for me, that is – I don't, ni- don't want to be lifting the l- nipple too far, so it's usually two to three centimetres. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got to be a patient who doesn't want an implant that's more than around 300 cc's. Uh, And also it's a patient where the areola is not too big. Basically, when we make those cuts, Mm -hmm. if the areola is really wide, I've got to make those limbs really wide and then they're coming together and then that's really tight Um, and then you're putting an implant in. And so if the areola is nice and small and I can keep that narrow, Mm -hmm. you're just taking away one Um, uh, additional potential problem. Um, So as long as they meet those criteria, then it's possible to still do it all at one time. If they don't, um, or they're wildly asymmetric, I'll often say, listen, let's just get the base right and get the symmetry right, and then we can just do a straightforward implant.
1: What about asymmetry through the rest of the body? Obviously, like, so you sometimes see people, it might be their posture, we can't go into their bones. Understandably, nope. <laughs> not our field. Um, but you, I, I'll even notice in some of the befores and afters the way people are kind of like sloping one way, which might be from the breast, might be um, through the tummies, or whatever. How do you tackle asymmetry in other spots? Uh,
0: so it's important to, to identify it is the most important thing. And so what is much more common than I think people appreciate is, is a bit of um, curvature in the spine. Mm-hmm. And so when, we, when you see patients and their shoulders aren't aligned, the yeah. first thing I'll check is their spine mm-hmm. because that's often where it is. And sometimes people subtly, one leg is longer than the other so their hips are a little bit um, not even, yeah. which has an impact in, in, it, in a tummy tuck, for example. Um, so they're, they're sort of important things to notice before surgery. In, in terms of other parts of the body... Um, I think the importance of the asymmetry depends on how close the two body parts are. Right. So breast asymmetry, people would tend to notice because if you're looking at someone's Simply couldn't breast, get any closer. Well, you see them in the same yeah. field. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. the thing. So if I'm doing a brachioplasty, asymmetry is rarely an issue because no one's looking at... You can't look at... Both of your arms at the one time, because even though you've got binocular vision, your field of vision isn't wide enough by the time you take your arms out. Um, Ears also, people would rarely notice asymmetry in ears because like, as I'm looking at you now, I can see your right ear, but I can't see your left ear. And even if we're looking...
1: It would be quite weird to just look at somebody and be like... Well, you're
0: just never going to notice Your ears it. are quite off. Yeah. You told you that? No, no. <laughs> you're never going to notice that. Yeah. Um, whereas eyes, you mm. will notice. So if someone, if you do a surgery on an eye and um, your one eye ends up, there's a little bit more of a fold, you're going to notice that. The big one is noses. Yeah. So when I used to do rhinoplasty, if any asymmetry in a nostril patients noticed really, yeah. really... Um, Easily. Um, I mean, an ear example, so back in the day when I did skin cancers, we would, I could cut out like a third of an ear mm-hmm. and so that ear is clearly smaller and patients would say no one actually noticed because you can't see both ears.
1: I mean, and also worth being like, oh, I had cancer cut off. Yeah, yeah. Whereas a rhinoplasty is like I wanted my nose to look yeah. different. So maybe they had a new lease. Life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about like thighs? I know we've talked about how hard thigh surgery is. It's trying to get maybe yeah. the result paired to what people are imagining. Is does that kind of come up a lot with asymmetry?
0: Yeah, um, oh, I um, I wouldn't say it's it's usually a big problem. Mm. Uh, again, you know, when you're cutting it out, like where what's called tailored tacking, so you're sort of trying to make sure you're cutting it you you, you sort of test how much you're cutting out before you cut it out Mm -hmm. so i mean obviously thighs more than arms you see together but the part where we're operating often maybe people don't see quite so much so it doesn't tend to be a problem
1: what are kind of rates of revision surgery for asymmetry especially with in a breast where like it's already pretty tough i think in the best of scenarios yeah yeah yeah. two identical breasts
0: uh so so let's differentiate between any degree of asymmetry and asymmetry yeah. that needs an operation. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we've sort of touched on like everyone's going to end up with a little bit of asymmetry. But where I'm reoperating, oh, I would hazard a guess that it would be, be certainly less than 5%. Um, I'd say it's somewhere between 1% and 5%.
1: But like comparative to if people are coming to get breast surgery that isn't fixing asymmetry, yeah, do, are their revisionist rates any lower? or or, but then yeah, you yeah, like yeah. the same kind of thing as a rhinoplasty where people with asymmetry are like, oh, God, this is so much better than before Don't yeah. worry
0: about it. So uh, definitely the more pre-existing asymmetry, the more likely there's going to be some asymmetry after. So when two breasts are the same to start with, it's much easier to make them yeah. you know, the same or very similar after. When one breast is, you know, there's a cup size difference and you're trying to match them much, much harder. Like we usually get it pretty, pretty close. Mm. Um, but I think of those 5%, let's say, that are being revised, they would be overrepresented in that. Yeah, so yeah. someone who's pretty similar to start with, you know, you'd be very rarely needing to revise them for asymmetry. Mm. But if there's a huge difference yeah. um, and, you know, one of their motivating factors was to get asymmetry, so them be, to get symmetry, so they're going to be more focused on it as that well. Right. Um, but it's, it's just because, I mean, I think we've done plenty of videos where we show what breast reduction surgery is like and we've often described it as a breast explosion. Yeah. And so you've got part, you've the medial part, the lateral part, the pedicle part, so they're, they're all different and, like, there are some things I do intraoperatively. Well, the things I do preoperatively, which mm-hmm. is marking, to try and make them sure they're as similar as I can. Yeah. Then intraoperatively, the first thing is, obviously you take more breast tissue off the bigger one than the smaller one but we don't know what that volume is and then i measure often in surgery so i measure the medial pillar the lateral pillar and the pedicle and match it to the other side to try and get as much symmetry seems as that possible
1: just it would be so different when you're lying down yeah. anyway to then like standing up and then like all of the totally. like i can just imagine that how much harder it is yeah. when it's already a huge difference to be like yeah.
0: Yeah, just, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, that's often where the anaesthetist comes in. They would give us a second opinion. (laughs) Um, But, no, you're absolutely right. And, I mean, it's not an uncommon practice for plastic surgeons Mm. to sit a patient up in an anaesthetic. So, like, not wake them up and sit them up, but we just move the bed. Uh, And I guess never really made sense to me because... Like they're still strapped in the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's local anaesthetic. It's yeah. all swollen. And it's not like they're standing in the natural pose. It, you know, it's not that much more accurate than when they're lying yeah. down, I don't think. So I don't routinely do that.
1: Asymmetry with lipo that's not performed correctly, is that quite a common after effect? Um. Uh, again, I mean, we you know
0: we try and measure it. Um,
1: oh, I assume sorry, I didn't
0: assume us doing it. No, but no. But they went
1: somewhere and it was like not yeah, the best it would be like having like excess skin in one spot yeah. compared to another. Is that something you see?
0: Yeah, I mean, you certainly see it with liposuction that you get sort of areas that have been over liposucked and so they're a bit more indented. And then uh, one area maybe has been done appropriately and so that's smoother. So that's really hard to fix yeah. because you don't want to over-liposuck the area that actually looks good. Yeah. And so sometimes what, I, what I've done is do fat grafting into the concave area. Oh, so okay. take some fat from somewhere else, causing another asymmetry.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I know, they're like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The
0: <laughs> and no, no, no. And then you have the second operation where yeah, you're yeah. taking some fat from somewhere else yeah. and putting yeah. it in yeah. the thighs. thighs. Yeah, exactly.
1: Are there any limits to what you can fix when it comes to asymmetry?
0: I'm sure there would be. I can't think of what. I mean, I think you can almost always make it better. Like I would sometimes say to people, I'm never, like particularly with a breast implant, where you've got some nipple asymmetry. Like I just, I have to point out, like I'm not operating on your nipple, so I'm not moving your nipple. Uh, Sometimes when you put an implant in and there's some nipple asymmetry, it, it. it does actually make it look a little bit better because you see more of a. There's now a mound.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and so
1: sometimes it can also highlight. Yeah, I think so as well. And it's like it so kind of well. looks like it at an A cup, and then when it's a D cup, you're like, whoa, that nipple is yeah to the left.
0: Yeah. Um, but as I said before, I think often, like I'll see a patient post op in the examination room, and I'll go, wow, you know, we really fixed that asymmetry, and you know, it's a well-known plastic surgery saying nothing nothing ruins a good result than uh, you know a long-term photo follow-up because the photo is just really revealing because it's so stark it's like all you can see is the breast mount and the nipple yeah um whereas the live when you're examining someone um in person like there's there's other things that come into it Mm. and so uh, maybe just less drawn to that Sort of minor it's the same as anything,
1: right? Like you can look in the mirror before you leave the house. You're like, God, I look good. And then someone <laughs> not comes me. to the club <laughs> with an SLR camera, and then suddenly you're like, Yeah, I did not know I had that many pores. Yeah, like I think, yeah, as soon as it's like a high definition camera and a light room. Yeah, like, which is no, exactly. Why we say to people, right? Like these are important, and it's good to have like statistics and like facts supporting us that the, these are all the same, but. If you look good in a bikini outside of when you're in the world's worst underwear in a, like, well-lit room, then that's probably better.
0: Well, I I think exactly what you're saying. I mean, you know, real life is real life. So, um, you're not walking around in a clinical photography. A clinical photo. You're you walking around in a in a bikini or a bra, and if it looks good in that, and it looks good in real life, well, that that's the reality, yeah. um, and you know you don't need to show anyone your clinical photos.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it. Yeah. If you liked this episode of Keeping It Real, please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts while you're there why don't you have a flick through our past episodes we'd love to hear requests for future topics so send your suggestions through to us on ig at replastic surgery that's all for today and we'll catch you next time for another peek into the world of plastic surgery